When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Aiton along to DeAndre doing it again, folks. Aiton against Rakosovic. So smooth with the footwork. Aiton one-on-one with Metsu. The double comes. It doesn't matter. And one. DeAndra Ayton uh, is going to be the number one draft choice tonight for the Phoenix Suns. With their uh, the Suns now have a coach who's uh, from Eastern Europe, right? Didn't they hire the guy from Eastern Europe? Yes, and I thought that, and he'd coach Doncic, Igor Kokachev. I yeah, think and he'd, he had coached Doncic over there. The, yes, the, he did. the guard. I thought maybe they'd go that way. There was there was that rumor that, going around that, that they might take him. But yeah. Apparently, uh, they feel like the big man. DeAndre Ayton will make the difference. Seven foot one, played one year. He's a one and done. What a one and dones are going to be the first uh, six or seven tonight, right? Uh, yeah. Allegedly. Are we certain that he's that good? Because you know who he he's, reminds uh, me of. I know he's better he can, than this. He can he can block a it shot. It reminds me of uh, Thabit. The U, the oh, UConn he's better, kid. He's better than. No, I know he Thabit. is. But yeah. remember how everybody thought he might be the number one overall pick. He went two. To but, Memphis. And he was a complete... He was, he was a disaster. No, yeah. He was terrible. Well, this guy, of course, comes from the Bahamas. He was born in Nassau City. And who is the greatest Bahaman center that Hold ever on. lived? I don't know. Michael Thompson. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I forget this. Okay. And he, he'd spent like one year in Miami, but he basically spent his whole life in the Bahamas. And, mm-hmm. But he grew up. Wanting to come to the University of Minnesota, yes. there were no hijinks with Coach Musselman in recruiting None. him. I'm sure <laughs> him and Goose Lockhart came together. You know, Goose was from there too. Uh, once, uh, once got uh, very upset at my guy uh, Augie for uh, writing that uh, he loved to eat rice and beans, and he said to him, Osborne, uh, Goose said. It's beans and rice. <laughs> or vice versa. I don't know which it was. Right. I think, think Augie said rice and Also, beans. he was he offended that you put one in front of the beans other. And, yeah, he yeah. said beans and rice. You know, <laughs> how, how could you write rice and beans? Anyway, uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's, uh, when he's good, he's great. He's, he's really good. He's really good. He's can got, he shoot it at all? Oh, yes, he can. Okay. Yeah, he can, he can step outside and hit that. 18, 19 foot jumper with with pretty good ease. What would worry me though, and I know he's he is the best player in this draft. There is no question. But what would worry me if I'm in charge of the Phoenix Suns? He completely checked out in Arizona's yeah. NCAA game. I mean, it was you could tell 
I am not going to get injured. I am just going to, and he yeah. totally and, checked and out. And with all the controversy surrounding like Sean that program, Miller, yeah. Sean Miller recruiting him and, you know, the mm-hmm. the phone call with Sean Miller, the recording and all that stuff too. It was, I think it was pretty easy for him hey, to check that, out. that 100000 is coming from me. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, when he first was discovered by a Bahamian basketball magazine, he was actually a 12-year-old tuba and soccer player. He was a, a musician, and apparently this band from the Bahamas was also trying to recruit him to get in in, in the band, and he, yep. they ended up saying, well, he's six foot five and he's 12, so maybe <laughs> we should let throw him a basketball and see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, he had the Sean Miller thing. Sean Miller survived, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. How'd that go away? Well, I don't know. It How'd was that the damn thing go away? Wasn't it basically the buyout was just outrageous? Yeah, but they had the audio, right? Yeah. They yeah. allegedly had the audio. They had the the it was his phone, right? It was yeah. his phone his phone was tapped or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. And, yeah. and they had him talking to, you know, the Aiton, how much is Aiton gonna cost? hundred grand, right? Yeah. You know what I do love, by the way? <laughs> They got Woj up here, Pat, on uh, on ESPN, and how we're not going to tweet out the picks. And Woj is like, bleep it. Here you go. Yeah. Here's here's who the top oh, six. Oh yeah, are Woj be. like two hours ago like <laughs> tweeted out what he thinks the the. I mean, and he's never he, he's, wrong. Yeah, he just basically said the NBA's top picks are shaping out this way, and he just listed off yeah. the first six guys. <laughs> Uh, the NBA is a weird league, though. The Grizzlies basically got the fourth pick. Instead yep. of going and getting a great player, they want to trade down so you can take Chandler Parsons off their hands. Yeah, They don't think they have a big possibility for next year anyway with our guy J.B. Bickerstaff coaching them. So they're willing to well, go down several picks. For one, from what I hear, it's Chandler the opposite, Parsons. that they that they think that they can contend next year and that they're actually trying to get they're trying to free up money so that they can go and spend some money in free agency and get some veteran but players, the NBA, which doesn't they make any they sense they, for them. If they can get the guard back, they can. Uh, they have a chance then, huh? But yeah. if yeah. they trade his contract, they have to take money on. Well, right? Not necessarily. No, they're under the cap, so they have to get him to some team that they, they're trying to get. They're trying to attach the fourth pick along with Chandler Parsons as like a sweetener yes. for somebody yes. to convince somebody to take Chandler Parsons' terrible contract. And then they the 11th pick or the 13th pick or something. Okay, so yeah. they don't have to take money when it comes they to don't, a if, like if, that. If, if, they, if, the if they right send team. Him, yeah, okay. if they send him to a team that can absorb Parsons' salary, then That is yeah, the one thing that's really that. confusing about how the oh, NBA yeah. trades work. Oh, their salary yeah. cap is... Their salary cap so many teams are over it. Their salary cap makes the NFL salary cap look like... Although, I don't know, is there anything goofier than the... NHL salary cap when you got to send a guy back to Iowa for two days. So you try to save five bucks, seven dollars and fifty cents on the salary cap. Uh, I don't know. That's goofy. But anyway, NBA draft. I think I'll. I think with the Timberwolves drafting twentieth and probably going to trade and a trade that won't be announced until after two a.m. After two a.m. I think I'll just settle for Twitter. I'll, I'll follow it on Twitter. The best was the night that they drafted O.J. Mayo, and everyone's like, oh, this is it. Hey, hey, hey. Wait, we got Kevin Love? Like, what happened here? <laughs> I ripped the hell out of him for that. For trading for Love. Or yes. for or for Mayo. How could you give up O.J. Mayo, you idiots? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not O.J. Perfect. was okay I'm for a little perfect. bit. Okay, I'm not perfect. No. No. No one ever accused you of that. No, no, I've never been accused of O.J. O.J. was okay for a little bit. I got to read you guys this tweet today. It's pretty funny. Uh, 
here we go, here we go, here we go. Some guy, uh, I retweeted, here we go. Twitter's the greatest invention in the history of sports, that's for sure. <laughs> Where is this damn thing? Come here, come here, come here. So I've seen this guy before in my Twitter feed. And okay. He sends a tweet saying, uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Uh, oh, Joe Hummuller. I swear, Pat, you get worse day after day. I'm glad I never had to suffer through listening to your radio show. And then he has K-Fan hashtag. Mm -hmm. But I do like Mac and Judd. And my only response to Joe was, is it something in particular, or is it just the general just quality of the work? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the overall sum. He hasn't responded. Is it, is it the body of work? Yeah. Or is it just, just something that happened Could to you me? Say I, something I, I, I just like to know what, 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 what the problem with me and Joe was. Always good to know we got fans yes, out there, isn't true. it? Even though uh, they don't yes. listen on I don't know if he thinks we're on K-Fan or he only listens to K-Fan. Hmm. I'm not sure which. But he likes Mac and Judd. So. Well, that's okay. good. Hey, Buster only comes. Up. Buster Olney is with us. So, Buster, the Twins uh, won game started by a Kluber, Carrasco, Price, and Sale. Uh, so things were looking up, and then today Rosario didn't play with a sore shoulder, and uh, Escobar got hit in the elbow and had to leave the game with a hit by pitch. So, uh, uh, the hot streak could be uh, having a little cold water poured on it this afternoon. Yeah, and it, it does feel like that the Twins are, uh, let's face it, they're having some fragile success right now. Um, you know, the great thing is is that their division, theoretically, the Central could be forgiving, and it buys them some time as it did last year. Um, and, and every time they go through a run of two or three games, you keep on remembering those last two months last year when everybody was mashing the ball. Yes. And you wonder if that's possible again. But I do think, uh, you know, what we've seen with the Indians and the White Sox is probably an example of how the Twins are swimming upstream. The Indians may not be as good as the Astros or the, the Yankees in the big picture over the course of regular season. But, man, they absolutely have feasted on these terrible teams in the American League Central, and that might turn out to be their advantage. Yeah, I I was telling the Boston guys though last night uh, enjoy the wild card game because uh, New York's going to win about 115. <laughs> so uh, forget them. Totally agree with you. Uh, look, I mean, the depth of that lineup, which is really starting to manifest now that Giancarlo Stanton has gotten settled in a little bit more, um, is beginning to, to, to show how strong and deep of a lineup that is. And we already knew that their bullpen was deep. We know their lineup is deep. The rotation is probably better than anticipated when the season started, in part because Sonny Gray seems to be pitching more aggressively. And here's the other thing, too, that uh, I'm sure the Red Sox are well aware of in their front office. Their farm system is pretty much tapped out. Yes. And executives with other teams are telling me if they want to trade for a major piece, they probably will have to make a really difficult decision about whether or not to trade third baseman Raphael Devers. The Yankees, on the other hand, <laughs> loaded. are absolutely loaded from top to bottom, which gives them an advantage over the Red Sox. And so whatever Boston will be going for, the Yankees will be in line ahead of them, and it'll be an advantage that I think, you know, by the time we get to August 1st, uh, you know, I've had executives with other teams say, because of what's at stake in winning the American League East and trying to avoid that wild card game that you just mentioned, 
they think that both teams will be all in trying to upgrade before the deadline, and the Yankees have an advantage. Uh, Buster, I wrote a piece today on uh, how all the guys the size of Tim Kirkjian are tearing up the league here. Uh, <laughs> Altuve and Escobar and Mookie and even Ben and Tende and uh, uh, you know, I mean, they're all over the place. And uh, Pedroia was sort of the guy that started this trend. What's the deal? Do these little guys have a better chance to get the velocity, or what? What's going on? Yeah, or that, or I, I, I you know, I do wonder if, uh, you know, if if you accept the premise that the ball's juiced a little bit, yep. it makes those guys a little bit more dangerous. But you're exactly right. That dynamic that you're talking about is why, um, you know, a few days ago I wrote a piece about the home run derby, knowing that Aaron Judge and uh, Shohei Otani aren't going to be in it. Maybe a, a cool format would be the Davids against the Goliaths. <laughs> yeah, it could you be. Know, because when you look at the home run leaders in baseball, Chris Davis of the Oakland Athletics, he's five foot ten. Mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez of the Indians, you know, he's five foot nine. If he's standing on a phone book, uh, you know, Mookie Betts, Ozzy Albies is probably about five foot nine. The second baseman for the for the Atlanta Braves. It's amazing how many little guys uh, are doing damage this year. And so my idea was put all the little guys on one side of the bracket, put the big guys like Giancarlo Stanton and Bryce Harper on the other side and have a David versus Goliath. And that's why I, I like the idea of asking Ichiro to come out of retirement and join. Because <laughs> you and I both know, look, he's not going to hit the 550-foot shots, but he'll, he'll get a series home runs because his hand-eye coordination is that good. Uh, first all, this will be the first All Star game played in Washington since 1969, I wow. believe. Right, uh, yeah, 59 years, and uh, I, I suppose the anti home run derby people are blaming Bryce Harper hitting 200 on the fact that he's worried about being in the home run derby. Before when we had the post home run derby slump, maybe it's being worried if he should be in the home run derby or not that's ruining <laughs> Bryce Harper. And a couple of years ago, it was because he was getting walked, uh, pitched around. Bottom line is, is that everything we're seeing out of Bryce Harper, uh, Patrick, is uh, an indication he is a complete mess. Mm-hmm. You know, as you and I talk, uh, he's hitting 209. And if you look at the walks and strikeouts from month to month in his season, and I might be a little bit off in the numbers, but I'm pretty sure these are right. First month, he had 38 walks and 21 strikeouts. Second month, he had 10 walks and 28 strikeouts. Okay, complete opposite, and then this month he's got four walks and 23 strikeouts. Wow. All of that, it gives you some insight into sort of where his mindset is. When you watch him swing now, it looks like he's falling into the first base dugout. His balance is so far off because he's trying to kill the ball. Uh, and if I were a friend of Bryce Harper, I'd say, look, Bryce, two, th- you know, three things. One, you are a really talented hitter. Two, don't work so hard. A couple weeks ago, Patrick... On an off day the Nationals had, he went to the ballpark and hit for two and a half hours. Uh, and number three, swing at strikes. Yeah. Because after he came out of the month of April, when he took all those walks, it was like he decided, I'm not taking walks. No, you have to take walks. Otherwise, you're swinging at pitcher's pitches, and it's killing him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a skinny version of Snow, uh, just just flailing at everything and trying to hit everything seven hundred feet. You know what's amazing is uh, he was such a confident nineteen year old. I own the league. Now you're wondering if he's thinking, "Am I really going to get four hundred million, or am I going to get a hundred and fifty? You know. You have to, absolutely. And, in fact, if I were in a front office at this point, you know, this is not the only time in his career he struggled. I mentioned 2016 when the Cubs pitched around him early in the year, and that seemed to get into his head, and he really struggled for that uh, for an extended period. 
And those numbers I gave you are like Jekyll and Hyde numbers. They're bipolar in the approach. And if I'm a, a member of a front office of, say, the Phillies or the Cubs or maybe some other team, I need at this point to see an extended period of success uh, to remind me before I write that big check, whatever that is, that he can be good. Uh, that's to me, is the depth of his struggles. Look, here's another thing about, I, I mentioned now he's falling off to the first base dugout whenever he swings. Last year, he was shifted approximately 21% of the time. I just got out of, off a conference call, uh, and it was mentioned that this year, he's getting shifted 58% of the time, which tells you that, you know what, opposing uh, teams are saying, if he's going to have a swing where he's toppling over mm-hmm. uh, toward the first base side, there's no way he's hit the ball the opposite side. And so they're shifting him to the right side, and it's probably a big part of the problem. Yeah, that's uh, that's astounding. So uh, Mike Trout uh, playing his 1,000th game. Uh, you start comparing him with the all-time greats. It's amazing. Our guys on the morning show today were uh, talking about how he is not the national hero he should be, and uh, that, that that it's a base somehow. Baseball has a problem that they can't turn uh, Mike Trout into a national hero. I it it is kind of amazing. I mean, it's not like the Angels are not a, somewhat of a glamour franchise anyway. What? Why don't uh, Why don't we know about him more? Well, part of it is is that he is the opposite of a self-promoter, and he is a very happy person. I think I've told you this before when people uh, in our industry have said, you know, he's kind of boring. I'm like, no, he's really just happy. Like, he's a happy guy. He's not complaining about something. He's not in the mix of something. He's not on social media ripping somebody. He's a happy guy, Uh, and I do think his career trajectory might wind up following that of Henry Aaron, where, I mean, you know this, for year after year after year, he's sort of taken for granted because he, you know, he'd look at the back of the baseball card, he had 39 homers, 40 homers, 44 homers, never hit more than 47, and then all of a sudden you pop up in 72 and 73 and 1974, oh, my God, he's going to be the all-time home run king. Oh, my God, he's got over 3,600 hits. Um, if you look at what Trout's done, this is you know there are a million Trout numbers which will tell you he is an inner circle Hall of Famer, uh, and he's going to retire as perhaps the all-time best player ever. Uh, he's 26 years old. Yeah, that's great stat. Wins above replacement, uh, which accumulates all numbers together, compiles them all together. As of today, he has a better career WAR than Mike Piazza and Willie McCovey and Harmon Killebrew and Yogi Berra, and Dave Winfield, and Jackie Robinson, and about uh, 25, 30 other Hall of Famers. That's career wins above replacement. He's 26 years old. And Torrey Hunter, here's the other thing, too, about Trout that I love. I mean, if he's not being promoted, that's on the rest of us, because he can't be any better, any more of a model of a citizen in the way that he plays, the way he conducts himself. Torrey Hunter told me a great story recently. He calls him the digger. Because when, you know this, every time he hits a ground ball, he runs absolutely as hard as he can. And because he weighs 240 pounds <laughs> and he runs as hard as he can, he digs these divots along the first baseline. And Torrey says they're the deepest divots in baseball uh, because he runs so hard and he's so dang big. And before every game, he signs autographs. Every game, he signs for kids. He is a great ambassador for baseball, and I hope we use him more. The uh, what's uh, is he going to be a guy who stays out there in Southern California his whole career, or he's he's, he's not a guy that uh, has to go to uh, New York and get the headlines? Then 
I'm in the middle of working on a long E60. We were actually in about month 17 of 18-month project uh, of a long E60 on Trout. Um, and a lot of his friends tell me this guy wants to win. And the Angels, obviously, in recent years have struggled for that, You know, which is why he hasn't been in the postseason. Um, but there's also, you know, and he's from the Philadelphia area. You saw him during the Super Bowl rooting for the Eagles and the whole thing. The Phillies probably have a back room where they put all their cash and they're ready to give him all that money uh, It's when he becomes a free agent after 2020. But I don't think it's going to come down to money for Mike. I think it's going to come down to where does he want to play. Does he want to go you know, with the Yankees or the Phillies and be in a place if he feels like that's a better shot to win? Or does he have faith in new general manager Billy Epler and what the Angels are doing and how they're improving? Man, there's, a, there's upside to both uh, parts of it. Here's the great thing. He's not going to complain either way because he fully recognizes he's got a great thing going and he's just going to keep on enjoying baseball. Uh, you uh, you th- you feel like uh, Manny Machado's heading to, heading to uh, Philadelphia? I feel like it's it's almost so so sure of a, a certainty that I feel like he can go pick out houses. Uh, look on the left side of their infield, their rebuilding efforts have kind of evaporated. Michael Franco, twenty five years old, he's kind of going down the snowpath. He's got a two eighty on base. It doesn't seem to be working. J.P. Crawford was a high draft pick. That seems to be kind of fading. They have only $65 million in payroll obligations for next year, which means they can write as big a check as they want for Machado. And the guy running the organization, you know this, Andy McPhail, he ran the Orioles when they drafted Machado. The guy is the general manager, Matt Klintak. He was with the Orioles. The farm director was with the Orioles. The assistant GM was with the Orioles. You think they might have some insight into Manny Machado and make, what makes him tick? Uh, and they absolutely need him. They've got the money uh, more than any other big market team, and I have no doubt that they're going to go hard after him. Uh, the uh, the Nats went and got Kelvin Herrera, but it might be too late, man. They're playing terrible. They can't score any runs, and, uh, of course, Harper being part of that. But uh, uh, they got to take their shot, but they got Philadelphia and Atlanta ahead of them. They might not catch those two teams. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the, the Phillies and the Braves do because, let's face it, both those teams probably have arrived a little bit earlier than expected. Now, the Nationals have had some injury situations, and they're slowly getting better. Adam Eaton's back. Uh, you know, Obviously, Steven Strasburg's status will be important. Whether or not Bryce Harper can dig himself out is going to be important. Here's the great thing about Elvin Kelvin Herrera. This is going to be different than when they added Papelbon because Drew Storen was upset when he lost his closer job, and he had an 80 RA the rest of the year. Uh, you know, Papelbon, uh, obviously, is not someone who got along great with all of his teammates. Mark Melanson, when he got traded there, there was a closer controversy again. The great thing is now with the Nationals' bullpen, guys like Sean Doolittle, Ryan Madsen, they do not care who closes. Uh, you know, uh, Doolittle's comment the other day, I'm just glad we got a better, uh, good pitcher. It's going to make us better. Uh, one last thing, how come Hanley hasn't gotten a job yet? You know, there was a great – somebody asked me that last week. Uh, you and I have talked about the rise in the number of really hard throwers in baseball. And so I asked one of our stats and information people to look up his production against fastballs, and it was amazing the cutoff line, above 91 miles per hour. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, uh, not going to get the numbers exactly right, but he was hitting like 210 with like a 240 slugging percentage. Underneath that – yeah, 286 average if you throw it up to 91 miles per hour with like a 430 slugging. So like a lot of older hitters now, he's struggling to deal with the increased high velocity in baseball.
Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a that's a simple answer. There, we will have a home run derby. We will get eight guys to uh, participate, right? Uh, we will have it, and, and I'm telling you, I want to see the good, the Davids versus Goliath. <laughs> and Ichiro said last night when he was asked about the home run derby, he said, "You know, I wouldn't disrespect the game and do that." I bet you there are people on Park Avenue and Major League Baseball Central Office saying, "Disrespect us, please." Ah, <laughs> uh, you you can take our guy Eddie Rosario on that. He'll hit you fifteen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I mean, I, I know people, Patrick. You want me to put them to uh, to push him a little bit? <laughs> yeah, he if he makes the team, man, he would. Uh, you know, he he'd love to do something like that. Wow. You know what? And I love his personality. That I would definitely, when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to call someone who I know. <laughs> okay, we'll see you. Thanks, Buster. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Patrick. A pretty good leaderboard at the Travelers Championship. Jordan Spieth seven under. Uh, Zach Johnson seven under. Rory McIlroy six under. They got a bunch of other big names uh, there. So they're playing a real golf course now instead of some <laughs> asphalt uh, parking lot. Here's John Height. Thanks, Phil Mickelson. <laughs> All right, thanks, Patrick. <laughs> this update sponsored by Concordia University. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. Red Sox 9, Twins 2 down at Target Field this afternoon. The Rangers are into town to open up a three-game series tomorrow. Uh, Eduardo Escobar was hit uh, in the elbow by a pitch. He is, according to the team, day-to-day with an elbow contusion. Was Matt Belisle injured? No, just terrible? Okay. Other games today, Yankees beat Seattle 4-3. to uh, Colorado beat the Mets 6-4. to Roland Arenado homers for the third straight game, and he had five RBIs in that ballgame. He is so good. Now you remember what happened with Matt when, they, when he was closing last year, and they'd put him in the game when it wasn't a safe situation, don't you? Uh, That's what happened today. Yeah. It wasn't a chance to win the game. Sure. So then he's, he works on stuff. Then. He was yeah. throwing batting practice. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens. Oakland and the White Sox postponed in Chicago. NBA draft tonight. Uh, we'll pick it up. Uh, I guess so the first pick will be, uh, well, what, about an hour from now, give or take? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll we'll inter- this is so important. We'll interrupt the beer show yep. for the first pick. The, and then we'll go back to the beer show. The beer show is willing to step aside for a moment. For, for five minutes. And Two then minutes. We'll, uh, we'll have coverage after that here on 1500 ESPN. Uh, the Vikings making history of sorts today. Players, coaches, and members of the LGBTQ community came together. For first of its kind inclusion summit. Oh, held by today the, was the uh, yep. the uh, make peace with Chris Cluey event. Huh? That's correct. The was Coach Prefer there? You know, he's not mentioned mm-hmm. in any of the stories huh. I saw. Strangely mm-hmm. enough, maybe he was on that island he was talking about. The LGBT. <laughs> uh, we had the Q there. Too. And Q. Yep. Q. Okay. Uh, the fundraising event held at the TCO Performance Center Auditorium in Egan, centering around bridging the gap between the LGBTQ community and uh, sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Viking punter Chris Clue was part of the uh, part of the athletes as allies panel. Uh, he spoke about his role as an outspoken ally for inclusion in sports. You might remember. Uh, I had that dust up in 2014. He said that's so why he decided to speak up after that hearing a coach up. <laughs> make a, what he called a homophobic comment. Athletes and coaches from the high school to the college level also. I he wanted them to uh, be put on an island yep. and nuked or something. And that's blown exactly up, yeah. what it was. Yeah, that, that's a, that's that's a, a homophobic, dust up. That's a homophobic that's a slur. Yes. With pride uh, this weekend in downtown Minneapolis Ooh, and right. the back to the 50s weekend at the State Fair, <laughs> how fun would it be? 
if the pride guys and gals went over to the fairgrounds That'd be great. Oh, and held a uh, held a fair you know who owns these hot rods mm-hmm. middle-aged white old but guys. we're all <laughs> i'm a middle-aged old white guy and i I think the Pride Week is a hoot, man. Well, of course it is. It. I've actually been to it, and they know mm-hmm. how to party. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, yes. I would just like to see the mixing of the two Not only communities. that, I would like to find a nice gay couple to buy my house, too. So I maybe could go down there and hand out. Uh, you are just shameless. Every oh. time we bring up the community, it's, that's all you talk yeah, about. That's, that's my market, baby. Small horse house, gorgeous inside. Golden pool, Valley. It's pool all in the yours. Back, fence. You can do anything you want to be fancy. Lawnmower in the pool comes <laughs> no, with it. New liner being that's put right. in today. That's new right. liner, yep, too. You are shameless. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, Not arguing. Gopher women's basketball coach Lindsay Whalen announced on Twitter they've signed Barbora Tomankova. Sure. Oh, her. Yeah. She's a six foot two center from Bono, Czech Republic. Uh, she currently plays at SGLD Bono. Whalen, okay. Whalen said, uh, Barbara is someone who has a staff we've been watching for some time now. You've only had that job for two months, Lindsay. How long could you be watching her? <laughs> a long time. She averaged 4.9. Is Lindsay and- is. Is she watching her iPad to look at these scouting reports while she's sitting on the bench during the, the game? During, during timeouts, six and a timeout, six and a half minutes the other night. She's averaged thirteen minutes in the last five games. Ooh. Yeah, yikes! You're stirring it up. He's, he's trying right. to. I want answers, uh, but I got to go to a game to get them. I guess, and uh, I don't know. I'm conflicted. <laughs> Tom and Kova averaged 4.9 points and 3.6 rebounds per game, by the way. I just listened to Mackie and Judd because they have her on once a week. Yes, they do. That's right. They still haven't asked her about not getting any playing time, though. (laughs) Why is that? Maybe next week. Maybe next week we'll find out. All right, Johnny, come on. we got a traffic guy waiting here, and it's a mess out there. The ride with Royce now continues. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. Collected here by Taylor Hall. Hall darts out of the Islanders' zone. Taylor Hall takes a three defender score! Taylor Hall with a blistering shot! Second of the game to extend the lead. Um, imagine my surprise... <laughs> when Taylor Hall from the obscure New Jersey Devils, they made the playoffs, right? But they didn't get out of the first round, I, yes. I think. Right. Uh, gets uh, was named the MVP of the uh, National Hockey League last night, the Hart Trophy. You know what this is? This is like Chris Davis from the Oakland A's winning the American League MVP. Nice guy, good production, but... Your team is terrible. Yeah, whoever thought of him? Not terrible, but whoever mediocre. Whoever thought of him? Right. He had a decent year, so how? Where, where the hell were the superstars? Where, who'd he beat out, for goodness sakes? I, I don't get it. And I know it's based upon the regular season, but we yeah. should have just given it to Ovi for the postseason yes, festivities. Yes. Yeah, you know, extra points for blood alcohol levels. Right. Something like that. You know, that. Uh, the, what is interesting, though, is the Edmonton Oilers not only had last year's Mm-hmm. Uh, MVP Connor McDavid, the young phenom, they had Trey Taylor Hall. They pulled the plug on him. They, they gave up on him. They traded him in 2016 for a defenseman named Adam Larson. So I uh, think maybe it's had. like uh, Hall, Wiggins and way, Butler. Had, they can't play together. I guess they figured Hall was past the uh, his prime. He's 26. <laughs> but uh, anyway, 
He's the MVP. Uh, That's why the Oilers are the Oilers yes. right now. Uh, he, by the way, is the fifth Islander to win the award. Brian Berard, remember him? Didn't he get? He had some kind of a illness or some damn thing. A not, good, not ringing good a bell. Player got some kind of a bad injury. We'll look it up. But the other three guys were pretty good: Mike Bossy, Brian Trottier, and Dennis Putman. That was uh, those. That was the base basis of the Islanders' dynasty in the in the uh, in the late seventies. Those three: Potvin as a defenseman, Trottier, and uh, Mike Bossy had also won the Hart Trophy. The Rookie of the Year, another guy, uh, a, a young man named Matthew Barzell. For a million dollars, who'd he play with? Who he play for? Who he play for? What was the name Matthew Barzell? Matthew Barzell, rookie of the year. I can't. I I, I don't know. I'm drawing you. a complete blank. Uh, he's a uh, New New York Islander, and now will be coached by Barry Trotz. Okay. I never heard of him either, but congratulations, God, The NHL's got to do better in marketing <laughs> these guys. I, it, it, yes, I mean, come on. I Mike. heard the fellas crea- uh, crying about uh, Mike Trout not being well known enough today, and and certainly that's true. But compared to he's a, compared Hall, to guys in the NHL, I mean, yeah. it's not even close. Yes. Uh, Dwight Howard apparently will be <laughs> traded to the Brooklyn Nets and then uh, is in buyout I was talks. dying in yeah. laughter when I saw So this. he's going to the Nets for uh, his $23.8 million expiring contract from Charlotte, and then they're going to buy him out so he can go find some team. So when I get the, when I settle for a buyout, let's say I take 18, right? Mm-hmm. 20, whatever I take, I get. I get that. Whatever I buy out, then whatever I get, I get, right? If I get another $7 million deal for next year, that doesn't, that's right. not subtracted. Correct. Correct. So Dwight like, can go, Dwight can go sign yes. with somebody for the, okay. the league minimum and he'll still get his money that the Nets are going to buy him out for. So, uh, so our guy Rado came through with another great column today. Uh, Aisha Curry. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's Steph's wife. wife. Yep. And a mega chef named Michael Minna, M-I-N-A, apparently he's very famous, have started a new barbecue, are starting a new barbecue restaurant in Houston. In Houston? They're in Houston. They're going to have a, she's back, she's helping Minna, and apparently he's a, they see Houston as a good market for barbecue. Well, it's not open yet. But if you look it up on Yelp, you got all these vicious. Oh, I bet all these vicious reviews. Don't eat there; it's terrible. Everybody's—they're trying to put her out of business before she starts. See, what I was going to think was, well, if she's going to start a restaurant in Houston, Steph Curry to the Rockets—that'll be the new. That's yeah. That'll that be is the new true. rumor this that summer to start up. Yeah. Uh, Rado says, this is a gentler modification of the campaign by Kentucky fans who tried to ruin referee John Higgins' roofing company in Nebraska in 2017 and then doubled down with death threats because Kentucky basketball is that kind of a thing. But uh, uh, Warriors fans who have the same problem with excessive free time that Rockets fans evidently do have flooded Yelp with five-star reviews of the restaurant of course. while the Houston fans are saying how rotten it is, yep. and it isn't open yet. <laughs> it hasn't opened yet. Does anyone look at those? Yes. Yeah. 
But you know who do, you know who does problem, though? It's though. it's here's mostly problem, though, female that, consumers that look yeah, at Yelp yeah, reviews. Yeah, but here's the problem: the people connected to the restaurants, if they go in there and find bad ones, then get people to give them good ones. It's it's, it's you know there's yeah. nothing to prevent me from getting my ten best friends to go on there and say. Oh, this place is fantastic. But you can also look at whether an account is is a verified account or if it's someone that's posted reviews on several different other ones. You know, it's so there is a way well, to I'm not gonna Well I know you're not going to, but I'm yeah. saying other people I, will. Pat, I got an idea for you. What? what if you did that for your Star Tribune columns? That's for right. the comment Yelp section. Review? You have people you know, you have people all the all the oh, negative right. comments, yeah. you have people go yes. in and just say, Roycey, this was great. I PR love seventy two. Yeah. Yes. Well that's not I think Sid does that. <laughs> uh June June Jones, the veteran coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, yeah. uh another one of those lifers who couldn't give it up, right? <laughs> he had he had to come back. It says uh he did he didn't play Johnny Manziel in the opener. But he said, I've been pleasantly surprised the last three weeks what a good teammate he is, how smart he is, how he sees the game. He should be playing in the National Football League, and I believe he will when he gets through with this. Well, then you better get him on the field because you got Masoli playing quarterback, right? right? The, yeah. Uh, who had his own issues. Yes, he this did. This is quite a Oregon. combination of issues yes. here uh, <laughs> of uh, Manziel and him. By the way, I forgot to do this because you mentioned Ratto. Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be back. Daily Complaints. Now, on the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Holy cow, we're up against it. What do you got, Manny? My complaint is with Woj. He's taking away all the drama. At about ten minutes to three this afternoon, he basically laid out how he <laughs> how he believes but the first six picks are going to go tonight. We, we might have the Memphis trade. Yeah, he did. He did trade. leave. He did have six teams, and then the fourth pick, which is Memphis, that there was no team slated okay, there, so it could be uh, could be traded. Okay. So we'll what see. do you got there, Reaver? with a team that has zero room for error, like the Minnesota Twins? I'm angry that Matt Belisle occupies a roster spot on this team. He has no value. I don't care if he's good in the room. He's good in the room, man. He's good in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was telling me that last? Hildenberger was telling me how good in the room he he's was. Good last in the night. room. I, uh, he's not good on the mound, but he's I good guess, in the room. I guess my my daily complaint is the the way Cheryl Reeve is overhyped as a fantastic coach. She's just fine. She's so fine for what she's mm-hmm. doing. But first of all, we had to, should Cheryl Reeve be considered for an NBA job? And then, I think, is it Molesky from uh, KFAN? Is there a Brandon? Molesky? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he tweeted out today, the Mount Rushmore of coaches. Oh, we love Mount Rushmore. In Minnesota history, and he had Cheryl Reeves. Well, well, she's won multiple championships. How about Bernie Behrman? <laughs> won 12 national championships. She won a 12-team league that a 34-game season with Maya Moore. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.